In the name of Jesus. Well, there you are. Man alive, it's, it's really good to see you again. Where have you been, Jesus? I mean, we kind of lost track of him, right? I mean, Jesus, it, it's been 30 years since your birth, and it's been 18 years since we last heard from you. If memory serves, Jesus, the last time we heard from you, you were, what, maybe 12? Yeah, yeah, you were, you were a 12-year-old boy, right? Amazingly wowing the Bible teachers and seminary professors at Temple Jerusalem. Doing that with your knowledge of scriptures. Man, Jesus, but what happened to you? What happened to him? I mean, Jesus, you, you went back home to Nazareth and lived in obscurity. Even the TMZ office out of Palestine couldn't track him down. But now here you are, Jesus. Man, it's good to see you. And 30 years old, Jesus, this is, this is an important age. Do you know why it's so important that Jesus is 30 years of age? Well, oh yeah, Jesus, you know. That's the age when a Levite could be a priest and serve in the temple. This is great, Jesus. I mean... You get to not only be the king, worshipped by the wise men, the prophet to come as well, but, but now the high priest of all high priests. And so we're waiting, Jesus. Are you waiting for Jesus? Yeah, you probably are. We're waiting for you, Jesus, to see how you deal with over 4,500 years of, of sin, of blood. I mean, what a mess, right? What a complete mess. But thank goodness, Jesus, you are now here. The clock is ticking, so are you finally ready to crank up a kingdom of heaven on earth, Jesus? Are you ready to get this Messiah business off the ground? What's that, Jesus? You are. Oh, ha, about time. Whoa! Wait a minute, Jesus. Why are you walking to the Jordan River? Get back, Jesus. You don't, you don't want to go there. Hey, John. John the Baptist. John, you got to stop Jesus. Don't let him walk over there in the Jordan. That's not where, where Jesus should be, the Messiah. That's the last place. I mean, come on, John. Your baptism is for sinners. Right? John's baptism was for sinners, for screw-ups, for losers, for, for flunkies. John, you got to stop Jesus. Don't let him get in that Jordan River. Because the Jordan River, well, you know the Jordan River, right? I mean, God wouldn't let his people touch the Red Sea. Do you remember that? The whole baptized in the Red Sea thing, although they never really touched water. They walked through it on dry ground. And, and we have the Old Testament account here today of the Jordan River. They, they walked through that on dry ground as well. So I'm a little confused with this whole baptized in the Red Sea, Jordan River sort of thing. But, but, but Jesus... Well, he, he can't touch the Jordan water either, right? So, John, you, you keep him out of there. You, you, you tell Jesus that, that, that he should be the one baptizing us. I mean, he's not a sinner like we are. He doesn't need to repent. So, John, you make sure you, you stop Jesus from touching that dirty, yucky water. But to our dismay, Jesus keeps insisting, doesn't he? He keeps telling John, I want to be baptized, and you're going to baptize me now. 
baptize me, John, Jesus says. After all, to paraphrase Jesus, this is all part of me getting my messiahship in gear. Come on, John, me getting baptized in the Jordan River is all part of me cranking up a kingdom of heaven on earth, of doing a salvation that only I can do. And when Jesus speaks, John the Baptist listens. When Jesus speaks to you, dear brothers and sisters in Christ, do you listen? John caves at the word of Jesus at his command, and he baptizes Jesus. I mean, come on, John, you're, you're freaking us out just a little bit. Jesus doesn't belong here with us, I'm telling you. Sin and Jesus, the Messiah, they can't go together. Come on, John, you, you can't let this happen. Surely you're smart enough to know that, that, that if you let Jesus step into the, the toxic and polluted water of the Jordan, it will kill him. I mean, imagine the whole PR thing. Huh, that would be like if Jesus were to decide to go eat, and, eat with sinners or something, right? And hang out with tax collectors. Can you imagine how people would respond to that? Huh. Come on, John. You're just going to flush Jesus' whole chances, his whole campaign, right down the toilet. Priests aren't supposed to deal with that stuff. But John doesn't listen to us, does he? He listens to Jesus. And he baptizes Jesus there in the Jordan. And yes... All the contaminated, toxic, poisonous, noxious water full of sin will be lethal to him. Totally, totally deadly. But that doesn't bother your Savior one bit. In fact, he's quite bullish about it. Because that's precisely why Jesus is there in the dirty, stinking water of the Jordan to absorb all the deadly sin in his body like a sponge. And there's a lot of sin there in that Jordan River. It reminds me a little bit of when I was 19 years of age, full of vim and vigor, I had the world, well, I had it by the tail. And one of my buddies said, hey, the Missouri River is at flood stage. Wouldn't it be fun to go put a canoe in that? And like a total idiot, I said, yeah. And so we did. And oh, it was a hellacious trip. But I found out how hellacious when two things happened. One, we decided to get out and go look for stuff that had been washed downriver from the flood, and we got stuck in quick mud. Nothing, oh yeah, it exists. Nothing like being up to your chest and not being able to pull yourself out, having to rely on somebody else to literally save you. And two, there's a reason they tell you not to mess with floodwaters. I found that out a couple weeks later when all these little circles appeared on my legs. Something called ringworm. Nasty. Imagine all the sin that's there in the Jordan River. Because that's exactly what Jesus now is taking upon himself when he is baptized. And see, no one else could do it. Which is why they didn't touch any of the water of the Red Sea, nor the people of the Jordan. 
why the Ark of the Covenant came through on dry ground, foreshadowing the Ark that is Jesus himself, who will one day be in the water and soak up all sin of all time. Why does he do this? Why does Jesus command John to be baptized in the Jordan? Well, to take all of that sin, your sin and mine, to take it to Calvary. And in the words of a good friend and and mentor of mine, Pastor Brent Kuhlman, he does it in order to do a Good Friday for you. Good Friday. That's an afternoon that we call good. A Friday we call good for great reason. For there on the tree, he who knew no sin was made to be sin for you, declared to be sinful for you, judged by all the sin he had soaked up for you. You see, this day, this feast of the baptism of Jesus is so important, so important for us, because in his baptism, Jesus robes himself with your sin and mine. And then on Good Friday, he bears the punishment for all that sin that we deserve. He does this out of of divine graciousness and love for you. And on him, as Isaiah prophesies, was laid the iniquities of us all. You name the sin, he doesn't leave any of it out. What is it you're burdened with right now, here, today? What is it perhaps that you're hiding from your spouse, your co-workers, your children, your parents? What are the thorns in your side? What are the burrs in your saddle? He knows. And for you and for them, he's intimately acquainted. He's robed with it. And see, Jesus is more than just a prophet, priest, and king Jesus now is counted as maximum sinner. He's declared that by his own Father in heaven. He becomes the greatest thief, the greatest murderer, the greatest liar, the greatest adulterer, the greatest idolater, with all sin born in his body. And he does this so that you may know that no sin, no sin that you ever commit through Jesus Christ will be held against you. He wants you to know that through faith in his salvific work, in his person and his being, you always have a hope and a future. The world sells you a bunch of other nonsense. Tells you to seek after this peace and comfort and hope in many and other and various ways, and your own sinful nature doesn't help you either. But for this, Jesus has come. And there upon the blood, there in the blood, there in that which he squeezes out upon the cross, his own blood that drips from his forehead even prior to his sacrifice, Jesus sheds his blood now to cover over your sin, to pay for it for you and for the world. And and that's precisely, my friends, why at Jesus' baptism, heaven then breaks wide open. We just had a big pee-your-pants moment a couple weeks ago. We had the lowly shepherds out tending their flocks by night. And all of a sudden, boom, heaven opens. Angels singing, Gloria in excelsis Deo. 
Glory to God in the highest, announcing the birth of the Savior. And now here at Jesus' baptism, another pee-your-pants moment. Heaven opens, and God the Father speaks. Do you see that man down there in the Jordan? That's my son, Jesus. Jesus, the Savior, your Savior. He, he's my son, and I love him. And I couldn't be more pleased with him Because look at what he's doing. He's doing exactly what I sent him to do. He's come to be the sin bearer, the tokus. To absorb and take all of the sin of you, my children, upon himself. To be your savior. And for this Messiah work, for getting his kingdom of heaven business all cranked up, the Holy Spirit comes down to seal the deal descends upon Jesus in in, in dove form. Jesus now, after all, according to the intro, is now the servant David who has been found, the offspring of David, the one with, with whom holy oil has been anointed there in the waters of the Jordan. Jesus is the one to come. And Jesus now is empowered. He's all official, degreed and certified to be the one to rescue you. Because there is no other one. So, riddle me this. Would you still try and keep Jesus out of the water? Would you try and keep him away? (laughs) From ringworm and all that other stuff? Do you want to try and deal with all your sin? And maybe everybody else's? Do you think you have the shoulders and ability to do that? I don't think so. So it's time to repent of that, yes? To repent of that perceived control we think we have over so many things. And instead to turn in faith and trust to what God has done in such a gracious and hopeful way for you and for me through Jesus Christ. To repent of of that and trust now in what Christ has done You see this Jordan River that we speak of today, this Jordan River baptism, yes, it leads to a place dark and deadly, but a place that is yet good. For in the midst of death, there is always life. You see, his baptism and his Good Friday count for you. You, a sinner, are now died for. You, too, are baptized and connected now with this connected with Christ, connected with life. Yes, you too were plunged into the water, a baptismal font, perhaps even this one. And there Jesus pulled you into the only death that answers for all of your sin, all of its condemnation, all of God's wrath. For in holy baptism, you've been baptized into Jesus' death. You've been buried with him through baptism into death. But it doesn't end there. For now in your baptism, you also have been raised. Raised to live a new life. To serve your neighbor, to yet have hope and comfort and joy in this life. To know that just as Christ rose from the dead on that glorious Easter Sunday morning, so you too will have a physical resurrection that awaits. A reunion with your loved ones who have died in that same faith. 
There's such great freedom for you and for me here and in what Christ does. All of your sin, all of mine, forgiven. For the blood of Jesus in the baptismal water cleanses you from all sin. In the name of Jesus.